Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. In today's scripture, we're going to read about the teacher and his teachings on the lessons of self-indulgence. The lessons of self-indulgence, meaning we, even today, as back then, there is a pull towards us to try to seek meaning and fulfillment in the human experience based off of pure self-indulgence. The more I get and the more fun I have, the more my life means something. We see King Solomon, the wisest person arguably to ever walk the earth besides Jesus. He prayed for wisdom. God gave him wisdom. God told him, anything you ask for, I give you. He asked for wisdom. And people, kings, queens, intellectuals from all over the lands would come to visit him to hear Solomon's wisdom. And here we have the wisest person to walk the earth who's been given wisdom by God. And he gives us some statements about an examination that he's given when it comes to self-indulgence. He says, I decided in my wisdom, I'm going to test this thing. You know, when you do an examination, you're, you're, you're testing it. You're, you're taking it through these strenuous tests so that you can map out its limits, its effects. Matter of fact, even define whatever it is. You want to know what level it's at. We all go through different examinations. Matter of fact, you know, one of the things we do, you go through an examination when it comes to driving, so we know if you need to have a driver's license. I think we need to reinstitute more tests. You know, we get some of these people out the road, or they need to learn how to drive. You know? But we're used to tests. You came up in school, you had tests. You at work, you have sometimes continuing education, and they take you through tests to see where you are. The wisest man to walk the earth said, I'm going to test out this pleasure thing. And I'm going to test out these achievements and, and, and possessions thing. And I'm going to see what they have to offer. And he says, I tried it all. I tried it all. I, I, I said, and, and notice, I want you to notice in the text how he repeats over and over. He says, look, I, I held on to my wisdom. Meaning he didn't, he didn't get to the point of uh, addiction or obsession, but he did everything under the lens of the microscope that I'm going to test the boundaries of all the world has to offer when it comes to self-indulgence. I want you to notice how many times through those 11 verses he says, for myself, for myself, for myself, meaning everything that he was doing was for numero uno, nobody else's benefit. Now, that right there is an alert in our lives that when we are pursuing whatever we're pursuing, if it's all for myself, we may be going down the wrong path. We're, we're sliding into that lane of selfishness that can very easily fall into idolatry because it's no longer about what God wants, it's about what 
I want. We live for the good times. And this is what he speaks of right here. And he says, look, I decided I'm going I'm to seek out pleasure. He says, look, I'm going to go out to laughter. A good time. Some people, their whole life is surrounded. I want you to notice something. And you, you may have noticed this when it comes to younger people. But I even go, like kids, if you've had your own kids or you've been around any kind of kids, they ascribe value to how fun something is. If it's not fun or amusing, it don't matter. They be like, why are you not turning your work in class? Man, that teacher boring. Don't nobody care if it's boring. I need you to be able to count. I don't care if it's boring. I need you to understand what a noun is and a verb is. I'm like, it ain't fun. Fun is recess. When you're in class, turn in your work. But if it ain't, describe everything to fun. And the problem is we have adults operating the same way. And I'm sitting there like, no, no, there are supposed to be good times, but it's more than just good times. He says, and he says, look, I, I said, my, I, I want you to know, he said, I didn't deny myself any pleasure. This is all encapsulated. He says, look, I sought out the value and I did everything I can to have a good laugh. And I found out, man, it's coming up empty. He says, remember, he says, I, I didn't deny my eyes any pleasure. I did not refuse myself any pleasure. As he says in verse 10, I want you to go up. He says, I gathered female singers, male and female singers. He, he had his own choir. Only way I know what that means is I, I love the movie. That was my favorite movie growing up was uh, Coming to America. And Prince Akeem was woken up by an orchestra. It's like, King got a choir. I don't know when they sang for him, but he just walked around with his own choir. He had his own choir. But then he noticed, he said, and then I, I acquired a bunch of concubines. The delights of men. You know what a concubine is? I'm say it the most tactful way possible. A concubine was not a full wife, but they were there to meet physical desires. Now, we got the king writing about this. Now, you may be sitting here thinking, okay, I'm, I'm going to educate you on something. We're talking about the wisest king. We're talking about, he says, I didn't deny myself any pleasure and I accumulated concubines for myself. When you go into 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 3, you're going to find out what he means by he didn't deny himself any pleasure. Solomon had 700 wives, 300 concubines. Oh, he was living it up, doing everything. He said, I didn't deny myself and I learned some lessons from it. We have a whole society that is seeking physical pleasure and become so addicted to it that it's destroying lives. Rampant immorality. Thinking they're going to finally find what they're looking for. He says, I tested it out. We, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I've been married 21 years to the same woman. I can't imagine. 700 wives. 300 concubines, and I work out. I'm strong. I can't imagine. Man. And some of you were like, okay, these were, um, you know, political alliances. Yeah, he married princesses, and he was making connections, but let's not get it twisted. 700 wives, 300 concubines. And he says, I didn't deny myself any pleasures. And he learned what it had to offer. 
He learned what it had to offer. But then he says, I didn't stop there. He accumulated possessions. Now we read in here, he says, uh, I built houses and planted vineyards for myself, gardens and parks for myself. He says, reservoirs. Some people uh, characterize that as pools. He, irrigation groves with the trees. He, 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 he has servants. He accumulated so much stuff. He was balling. He says, silver and gold. When you go in 1 Kings chapter 10, it says Solomon was so rich, he made silver and gold as common as rocks. Boy, was paid. To my rich, I, like, think about that. I, go, I walk out my house. There are these little red rocks all in the front, you know, for decoration. I pick them. My kids pick them up and throw them around. I'm always getting on them. I'm like, I don't want them. They're not supposed to be in the yard. They're not supposed to be in the driveway. Put them back where they're supposed to be. People are going to think we the ghetto house. <laughs> Keep those rocks where they're supposed to be. I'm always fighting with them. Solomon made silver and gold as common as those rocks. He says, I master all this stuff. I want you to think about how in society, what's characterized as the American dream is stuff accumulate we, people are trained to feel like nobody's until you become a homeowner if you're not a homeowner you're a buster mm, you ain't made it yet you, you're not you're not quite there yet you ain't you you, you still working you know if you if you don't have enough it, you, I, it's, it's funny because I've <laughs> it's always weird when I've had the opportunity to navigate in different kinds of circles. I, I've been around uh, middle class. I've been around people that be considered poor. I've been around rich. And even I've been around like wealthy. There's a difference between rich and wealthy too. And I've been around. And it's funny how the conversation changes. I was, I was around a guy and he was asking me questions. And I'm thinking like, you, you didn't realize I'm a church planner, right? Like you asking me questions. Dude's asking me about traveling and you know, he got a house over here in Europe and got another house over here. Oh, we, we went to so-and-so. Hey, you ever been to so-and-so? And I'm like, no. Who got time to do that? Who got money to do all that? And you talking to me like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I walked away feeling like, man, I ain't, I ain't living life. He's telling me, he telling me about restaurants and they went over there and they, oh, you got to try it. Next time you go, make sure you go over here. And I'm sitting there like, next time I go, that's just how y'all live. He thought nothing of it. I'm sitting here like they, we were, we were properly introduced. Like you should have known, don't, but it's, it's, that just, how, people just roll like that. It's interesting when you talk, talking about the accumulation and, and the thought process of what should be. And if you haven't achieved or arrived, then, then you're not really living yet. And that becomes the pursuit. And you know what? What we found out is what we have found out is the same thing that he found out because the examination rendered certain results. It rendered certain results. When you get results, you know, you, you go take a test and you get the results, you know what it is or, you know, you know it's limitations, you know kind of how we can maneuver, whatever it is you're testing. He says, this is what I find out about all these things. At the end of all of it, all the pleasure, all the fun, all the possessions, the end of it really don't mean nothing. Has no lasting value. Now, I do want you to notice something though. He characterizes these things under heaven. He says, What good for people to do under heaven during the few days of their lives? He characterizes this pursuit 
in the context of straight worldliness. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L Jones dot O-R-G and request your copy today. Now let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. He testing. I've tested. I have tested the boundaries that all the world has to offer in and of itself when it comes to pleasure. I have tested the boundaries and the fullness of all that the world has to offer when it comes to accumulation, success, and possessions. And I found out it's basically like a mist. It's 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 here today, gone tomorrow. It means nothing. At best, it's like a trend. It was cool. Now it matters nothing. It matters not. It didn't give the fulfillment that I thought. It didn't give the the satisfaction that it promised. And this is one of the things that we see, that we find today, that the more we legalize, the more we popularize, the more we find out people go to a darker and darker and darker position. Depression is on the rise at all-time highs in industrialized societies we have the most that humanity has ever had we have the most fun that humanity on a large scale could ever experience and yet we have record cases of loneliness depression and suicidal thoughts we found out the more fun doesn't deliver the more stuff the more money it's not the answer He says, I tested all this and I found out this is not what we ought to be pursuing. It is as productive as chasing the wind. Think about this statement, the pursuit of the wind. He uses this phrase. Think about how ridiculous that would be. What if I said, hey, when church over, we're going to go out here, we're going to go out here and chase this wind, y'all. So we're going to pray out. First person to catch the wind wins. We're going to buy you a dinner. You'll be like, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. We're going to chase the wind. But that's what we do. We chase the wind. And we find out that it's, and I love the word that is used in the CSB translation, it's it's futile, it's insubstantial, it it doesn't mean anything. We ascribe a value to it, we achieve it, and we find out, man, the world does not live up to its promises. The world promises a whole lot. Can't cash the check. Can't cash it. So we're talking about all, all the pleasure, all these things. We see, you know what's interesting? Uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4.3, Apostle Paul writes something. And he says, for this is God's will, your sanctification. Then he defines what he means here. He's like, well, what's sanctification? So God's will. Sometimes you ask him what God's will is. Here's one of them that's listed explicitly. Your sanctification, that means progressively growing like Christ, set apart. And then he defines it here. That you keep away from sexual immorality. He says, I want you to refrain from it because what you find out, the world tells you to chase it. The world tells you to get as much as you can. What you find out, it doesn't deliver. It never satisfies. 
I heard a pastor say something about the issue of pornography. It's rampant in our country. Matter of fact, pornography sales out of South California, Southern California sales just out of that region. We're not even talking about the sales out of South Florida, but just out of Southern California makes more revenue than the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, and hockey combined. And people fight for it. And we did find out, I heard a preacher say something that was like so good. He says, he said, pornography is like the athlete's foot. No, it's like the, it's like the athlete's foot to the soul. I was like, man, what that mean? He said, it's like the athlete's foot to the soul. He said, the more you scratch it, the more the itch intensifies. You dive into that stuff destruction we get in going around and around we got houses swingers orgies all kind of stuff and you think that stuff you're going to chase it it's going to make life and the experience of life fulfilling you find out it doesn't he's reminding us don't chase after these things he even says laughter the good time he found out it's insanity it's foolishness he says, I'm with my wisdom. I kept, I tested out folly and I find out, man, this is foolish. Means nothing. These are, the results are in and we see it and we see this. I, he says, I, I accumulated all this stuff. We find out possessions don't compare to the Lord. Don't compare. See, in this book, in Ecclesiastes, we'll find later that he does tell you to have fun. He does tell you to enjoy. What he's getting at here is the end of all things is not that we have fun. Life is not defined by your fun and your accumulations. It's defined in knowing and walking with the Lord. That's where purpose and meaning is discovered for every individual. And until you know the Lord, you'll be constantly searching for fulfillment in other things and never find it. You'll constantly be searching for that peace and never find it. I said, possessions don't compare to the Lord. It's interesting. All three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they record an incident where Jesus has this conversation with the rich young ruler. With the rich young ruler. Now, I'm going to paraphrase it. He comes up, good teacher. How do I get eternal life? Jesus replied, who's good but God alone? He's already redefining how we ought to understand good. This is important because what do we see here in Ecclesiastes? He talk about searching for what is good. Jesus is pointing to us that good is only found in the Lord. So we need to change our definition of when we say what is good. You talk about somebody as a good person, are they? Because <laughs> our definition of good might be incorrect. He says, good teacher. Tell about eternal life. You say, well, you, you, the commandments. He named some of the commandments and he, you know, you know dude's like, I'll do all that. He says, all right, there's something you lack. I want you to take all your possessions, I want you to sell them, I want you to give to the poor and then come follow me. It says the rich young ruler turned around and was sad and walked away. Didn't follow Jesus. Why? Because he had great wealth and possessions. He would be sitting there like, oh, Jesus told me eternal life just to do obey the commandments and give away his stuff. You know what Jesus showed him? The two greatest commandments. Love God with everything. Love neighbor itself. He flunked right there. He didn't love God with everything. He wasn't willing to follow the Lord. He wasn't willing to give away everything he had and follow the Lord. Meaning what he had that the world had to provide meant more to him than the Lord. He sure wasn't willing to love neighbor itself because he said 
give to the poor. I ain't doing that. I ain't work for it. I use that statement because he valued his stuff over the Lord. He didn't recognize you with the Lord, you get everything you need. He didn't recognize who Jesus was. And I'm bringing this up because the world is chasing stuff and finding out it has no value. Can't take it with you when you die. And you find out just how much it meant. I said last week when we were together, you thought that outfit looked good when you took that picture. Now you look at that picture and you're like, man, I look a fool. Why ain't nobody tell me? I thought that hairstyle was fire. Lord have mercy. Burn that picture. Erase it. Value. Since possessions, they don't, they don't measure up to the Lord. And possessions and the pursuit of pleasure actually can choke out the word of God. It tends to choke out. In Luke chapter 8, verse 14, Jesus talks to the disciples and he talks about the sower and the seeds. It's interesting that of the four, one of them, he says it, it fell, you know, on ground and it shot up, but, you know, thorns and thistles shot up with it and it choked, you know, the, the, the seed out and it you know, died off. And then when he's explaining it in chapter 8, 14, he says, the possessions and the pleasures of life choke the word out. People receive the word. They hear God's word and they go out and they pursue and they get all that the world has to offer and they experience all the pleasures and what it does, it chokes the word out and they no longer remember it nor care about it. We have to be vigilant. We have to watch out of what we pursue. And this is, this is something else that we have to be cognizant of is that we don't look to the world to be therapeutic. And this is what I mean. What's become almost acceptable, and people say, well, I'm trying to be more understanding, is that we seek all these things in the world, whether it be possessions, accumulation, status, pleasure, to mask pain. It becomes therapeutic. I feel bad. Let me go buy some stuff. I'll feel better. I feel bad. I don't like how I feel. Let me go be sexually active. I'll feel better. I don't like how I feel. I don't like how things going. Let me get some drinks. Let me put some stuff in my body. Forget about it for a few hours. And we find out it actually makes things worse. We got folk going in debt. Their health is declining. Relationships are destroyed. Emotional, mental illnesses uh, affects. Why? Because you have misplaced your hopes and your dreams. You placed your hope in these things and they have let you down. You've placed your desires in meaning and fulfillment in this stuff and you find out it's let you down. And the reason that he's written this to us in Ecclesiastes is so that we may look at these things. And if we find ourselves going down this path, we may make a course correction and say, no, no, I'm going to pursue the Lord. Him, his kingdom and his righteousness, knowing that everything I need will be provided. Clothing, shelter, food, all I need. He freely gives to his children. 
May we trade the chasing after the wind for chasing the Lord in his righteousness, in his purpose, knowing that he's our fulfillment. And through that, we can enjoy the good things that he gives us. The thing about this life is our life is supposed to be a thank you for what he's done. And we give him glory as we enjoy what he gives us unto his glory. When we abuse it, we have gone down the wrong path. May our heart's desire and our delight be in him and not chasing the wind. Let's learn the lessons from what we've seen around us, but most importantly, let's learn the lessons for what he has spoken. The Holy Spirit inspired the writer, the teacher, the king to give us these words so that we may properly align our lives so that we don't get off course, so that we don't get distracted. The world is going to promise some stuff. The world is whispering sweet nothings in your ear. Ignore it. Because Jesus is greater. Jesus says that the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but he has come that we may have life and have it in abundance. If you seek in the abundance, we receive it in the Lord, not in the world. And may our pursuit be Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the current series, Chasing After the Wind, 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.